Well, the Cousin Brew Show! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah! What's up, Brother Cuz? Oh, today's a good day. Feeling good. I've uh, got a, a above uh, normal amount of caffeine in me today um and so i'm um, i'm feeling a little bit hyper so. yeah i noticed that as we covered all the important topics of the day before the show <laughs> really i mean strongly covering what we're going to cover in the show so when we get on the show we know what we're talking about um that's right that is us yeah no actually we didn't do any of that i think what did we cover we covered uh, bob odenkirk uh, Kirk, some um, old Borat on the red carpet. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, all the important things in life. Yeah, that, you know, I, I, a good show prep show should have nothing to do with the show itself. That's right. Because, you know, if you can't do that, you know, what are you doing doing a show? Come on, people. <laughs> prep with the lowest amount of effort possible. Uh, <laughs> that's actually not the entire truth because Kaz texted me show notes last night. Ooh. And uh, I'm ready to go. Um, it's it's I, I'm I'm jovial because the weather's nice here in California. It it's Finally. really nice right now. I uh, get you. You're probably at a perfect temperature. We're still a little. If the sun is shining, it's still a little windy down here. But um, we just, oh, it's, it's beautiful here in Sacramento, yeah. California. We get this one week per year where it's you wouldn't want to be anywhere else but here. And, yeah. uh, you know, Before and then the, the town is excited because their kings are doing extremely well. Oh, my um, you know, there's uh, there's just love in the air. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, and for me, the regular season of basketball is over, which means I don't have to cover every box score anymore. You know, it's it's 82 games times 15 over the year. And that's a lot of analysis. And it's just, um, you know, it, it's taxing. So now we move into the playoff scene. And I think hopefully we can do another show here uh, before the actual playoffs begin. And the, the schedule is a little funky because you've got the end of the season, which they did this, I think, really nice. It just sort of ends um, tomorrow on Friday. And then there's a gap and then they play play-in games, but then the play-in games run right up into the playoffs next weekend. So we kind of get a little week off here almost uh, right. before the real action starts. But we don't get to know one and eight and two and seven matchups until sort of the middle or the late end of, of the upcoming week. So that's a little annoying as we get prepared for, uh, you know, playoff talk. So uh, we'll, we'll postpone some of that. And we're just going to kind of touch on... A couple of uh, things. I think the, the I was glad you brought this one into the mix. The Mavs collapse is on our list. Um, a better shot at the finals. This is this is cool because it's two teams that are definitely contenders, but everybody seems to doubt them, and that's the Denver Nuggets and the Philadelphia 76ers. But before we go, I when you sent me this one, I was like, <laughs> "What is cause?" Something's on Cause's mind, and he needs to get it off his mind. You, and you can <laughs> you can tell by my notes when I'm when I'm when I feel the need to old man rant. Yeah, yeah, I was number one. It was cliche of the day, chip on his shoulder, and I was like, okay, let's let's hear before I judge, before I prejudge what is going on here. Let's hear it from the man himself. What what's up with this chip on on his shoulder? You know, that's what I want to know. I, you know, like I'm, I'm watching the tournament and it's uh, it's not just it's, it's the chip on the shoulder. And I, I should have combined it chip on the shoulder and everybody doubted us. You know, every every time you hear an interview and I, I, I really like was hit home at the uh, during the college tournament, I was able to watch a little more of it than I had the last couple of years. And it's like, you know, every upset, it's like, yeah, everyone doubted us and. You know, and then, you, you know, the game's going on and the announcers are like, oh, this, he really plays with a chip on his shoulder. He plays with a chip. And, and it's like, it's so weird. Like, you know, especially like you, when you hear like the NBA players and the NFL players talk about it, about the doubt and stuff. It's pretty funny because like if you look at him it'd be like <laughs> a team that like got to the first round of playoffs and got their doors blown off. And then, like, the next year they got into – they're, like, at the conference finals or something. And they're like, yeah, everyone doubted us. It's like, yeah, 
you, everyone doubted you. You, you. you know, it's not even it's not even like it's doubt. It's just we didn't even consider you because you performed so horribly the year before. Like, why? Why would we predict that you? Why would we say, yeah, that's going to be the champion? Somebody when, annoyed you with this. Who annoyed well, you with this? It, it, no, it was just a, it was a, it was a nonstop theme, you know, like, you know, the, 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 the two teams at one, you know, LSU and um, UConn and like everybody on did, the did way. Did the like, ghost of know. Luther Vandross include chip on his shoulder in the final song for the NCAA tournament? <laughs> it should have. I don't think that's Luther, actually. It wasn't the, Luther? The, no, no, no. I don't know who it is, but I don't think it's Luther. Um, the one shining moment, right? I'm almost positive it's not him, but... Um, <laughs> We're stat boy when you need him on the important him, questions right? in life. But, but it's the, like, who's, you know, what was the, you know, like, somebody from San Diego State was, you know, it's like, yeah, we, no, yes, you're right. Nobody doubted you. You're a five seeds. That means you weren't even that good this year. And so, yes, we are all shocked that you got to the finals. Everyone doubted you because that's what you earned. You earned everyone doubting you. Like, I don't understand. I feel like the, the like to take this, this, this was a, a fun little tasty appetizer morsel to get the show going. Um, but I do feel like I could continue this by doing a psych evaluation on competitive athletes and why they might act that way. But I don't know. I don't yeah. know. That might be a little I mean, too deep for the Cause and Bruce show. It's just, no, I mean, it's just so, it's just because now it's just become like the theme, you know? And it's like, you know, everybody that like, you know, whatever, whatever happened to just like, you play hard because you play hard. You know, like, like finding this extra gear, like when, you know, when we play like pick up basketball and go like, oh boy, I was the, second person picked and not the first <laughs> everybody's doubting me i feel like this could show. spin into like a conversation about that one video that was floating around the internet where like all the like seven-year-olds were behaving like nba players and they were just like really into it yeah no everybody got mad because there was like too much trash talk in a kid's game you know this like you know this is like little kid he looked like it was five and he like drains a three or something and he's just like you know, practically doing like the the finger across the neck, you know. Yeah. Like I, I'm gonna cut you stuff. Well, that that now that that is a an, an issue, but that's because that's what they see. You know, like they they see all the well, like people got really upset on. It's funny because it's you know it's it's like a lot of um a lot of people just getting. I mean, of course, everybody's gonna get upset because they just want to get upset about stuff. Right. But like a lot of right. people got upset that the kids were doing it, and then a lot of people got upset at the people that were upset because the kids were doing it and hmm. it was it was funny because they're like yeah let the kids have fun you know and it's kind of back into the you know it's like a competitive game and then i mean hell you could probably spin this off into the kind of conversation about uh i don't remember the gal's name um but it's the super famous caitlin what's her name uh i have not seen her play until the finals which was um of the oh, nca the, the, women's the, the, the caitlin Iowa, clark uh-huh. And then the the other girl who at the end of the game trash talked her back. Um, yeah. Everybody's getting upset about all that, yeah. and there was like people getting upset at the people who were getting upset. Yeah, and <laughs> the conversation is pretty funny because like I thought the gal who was doing the trash talking nailed it in her post game, um, but like the amount of trash talk that goes on in these games is immense. Right. And, and um, so, of course, that's what the little kids are seeing. But there's this like conversation about how to behave in sports, um, which is different than what you're saying. The chip, the, the, that's different. the that's getting different. yourself riled up and saying that nobody believed in you. Right. I think it's like an overcompensation, you know, like why not? Like you're saying, just play the damn game, you know, well, right. like there's no such thing as 110 percent and you don't need somebody. And I, bl- I blame it on the college coaches. You know, they're like, let's just hop these guys up on, you know, this fake narrative that nobody believed in them. And, you know, they're going to go barreling out the doors and play hard defense and all that crap. It's and and there's a place for it. I mean, I definitely have done that before to a team um, that, you know, we were playing a team that at the time was uh, undefeated and the school I was coaching at didn't have the best reputation. And uh, we were actually playing against our alma mater, actually. We were actually playing against Casa. 
and they came super late to the game and they were just like out there like you know throwing up crappy layups and stuff so i just kind of seized the opportunity i've never done that before i've never done it after but i like called them all over my look over there look at them you know those guys know that they're gonna (laughs) they know they're gonna kick you they just got here they know they're gonna kick your ass look at the way they're look at the way they're warming up and they got so mad they were like furious you know we ended up winning the game but like i think if you do that all the time i don't know that it has the same effect we've uncovered like three four different interesting topics here um because like there are players that go to the well too many times you know and it and it it completely blows up in their face and then you know, locally here, you get a guy like Keegan Murray, who's who's now hilariously known as the guy who's going to have the same reaction no matter anything that right. happens. And I kind of think that if you can do that and then also maintain the high level of intensity and just check all the boxes, that's better because then you're not all over the place. You right. know, um, like somebody like Draymond Green is, <laughs> you know, foaming at the mouth you know, putting this team at risk to, at the, in, in, in the pursuit of the highest level of play. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's all very interesting. Thank you. Cause I want well, <laughs> the chip on know. his shoulder, uh, cliche of the day. I kind of think cliche of the day might be a good, uh, little, little segment for us here, but let's, starting let's point. get over to this Mavs thing. Dun, 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 dun. I, I've been noticing a groundswell of frustration and, um, mm, I don't know, negative coverage would probably be the easiest way to go toward Luka Doncic, almost as if he's been getting a pass, which he has been for a lot of different things. And now you got them collapsing in Dallas and there was this kind of like, I mean, it was, I don't, I don't want to go overboard with it, but like, you know, uh, a couple months ago, Kyrie Irving was persona non grata for obvious right. reasons. And then fast forward a couple months later, now he's in Dallas and there was like a week of like, hey, this isn't Kyrie Irving's fault, everybody, like <laughs> coming from a lot of different media outlets. And it was just like, OK, cool. Yeah, I get it. It's not really his fault. You know, he's going out there and playing like Kyrie would play and um you know roster construction and you know all these bigger issues are are at play um but now that the the dust has settled on that story the the real story now is that they're fighting for their playoff lives i got to watch the game last night against the kings Mm -hmm. and that was a fun game to watch because ended up winning uh dallas ended up winning they came back in the second half and in the first half sacramento controlled the game um, they played tough, both teams. I mean, they were banging. I mean, there were some really good sequences of basketball uh, highlighted by a lot of DeMontis Sabonis, um, just wizardry. Um, and then the second half shifted more towards probably just the Kyrie Irving knockout punch kind of style basketball. And everybody on the Dallas side played a lot better and everybody on the Sacramento side started to do a lot of the old Sacramento stuff from like a year ago um, where they're just flat out missing on, on defensive assignments and things like that. But um, they're fighting for their life. Now uh, they and OKC, and I'm not sure of the tiebreaker uh, scheme right now, but it's more or less two games for everybody in the league minus a couple teams that have one left. So tied with OKC for the last spot, they're gunning for it. I mean, Luca looks kind of hurt out there a little bit and then he took a shot to the knee in that game last night uh he doesn't look good and and he's gonna probably push through it and there's been talks of shutting both those guys down if they're out of it but i don't think that's gonna happen now it looks like it's close enough unless they <laughs> lose the next one and okc wins and the tiebreaker thing doesn't uh work out for them then it looks like it looks like they got the, the okc because they have the same record so okc does have the tiebreaker oh they do between them and dallas Okay. I'm assuming so because they have they have them in at ten. Mm. Okay. They listed OKC as ten. Dallas is out, and they're both thirty-eight and forty-two. So I'm assuming that means that OKC has a tiebreaker. It would make I don't know what site you're looking at and what their just reputation ESPN. with their box scores might be. You know, it could just be <laughs> some guy hitting a button. You never Dude, know. Usually, they're usually that's how they at least ESPN. That's how they. But anyway, they, they are the sports leader. So, they are the sports leader. Um, all right. So, like, 
Luca in okay in this game last night. Um, I mean, it was kind of the normal thing. Like Luca lost his mind like three different times. You know, like yelling at refs, and I mean, a couple times the refs are starting to treat him kind of like they treat Draymond. Um, he got mad at a non-call, and Fox took the ball out of bounds as you normally would. Um, no real like push the ball up the court kind of thing going on. He was going quick, but you know, Luca just walks over and like kind of hacks him, like pissed off, like try to get a foul here and the refs are like nah we're not gonna call that <laughs> and uh then that, that pissed Even fox better. off um but the, he he's just a kind of a loose cannon on the court um i mean there's more but and i don't want to steal all, all the thunder here with this but like what the hell do you do with this you know like he's supposed to be an mvp top contender you know he's not right. there because I mean, actually, he was supposed to be the MVP probably, what, as as deep as a third into the season because everybody just assumed that they would win and he would right. have these outrageous stats and he's Luka right. Doncic. Um, yeah, I think people uh, really put way too much on that Phoenix collapse. Mm. I, think they, I think that they really gave um, Dallas a lot more smoke than they really deserve. And that was just, I don't know that there wasn't a team in the playoffs that wouldn't have uh, beat Phoenix. You know, they, they played that horribly um, down the stretch there in that series. Um, yeah, there's some questions. I mean, I, I don't, you can't blame them for, you know, the, you can't blame, I mean, Kyrie's playing, he's doing Kyrie. So you can't blame him for what the front office does, but kind of the issues that, the question marks that you have about Luca as like the leader of your team or the best player in the team adversity really brings those to the forefront. Right? So all this stuff that, you know, I said before the season always comes in out of shape, always talking to the ref. It's not running back on defense, just, you know, having a, if he has a horrible turnover, he doesn't run back and then he comes back on the next possession and takes a, even more difficult shot. And these are the kind of things that in the regular season, when you're, when it's, you know, game 13, maybe don't matter. And you can maybe get over it. If you, you know, if he then comes in the second half and goes for, you know, 20 and eight and seven boards in the second half and could pull it out. But in these games where everybody's fighting their lives and playing all that stuff, that's how you're if the leader of your team is constantly doing that how are you going to fight for that guy <laughs> you know how are you going to fight for that guy and you know what do you do i mean jason kidd has already called him out multiple times you know in the press you know but i think i think he knows that he's got the keys to the car in dallas and i don't i don't think he <laughs> cuban feels- came out and said that they had to earn lucas uh like I don't know, favor. Like, yeah, I, I mean, and that's the kind of thing that you, you just can't really. I mean, I, think, have, I like, think Cuban knows he's got to sell Luca on being there. That, that's but, fine. But, but you, what do you lose you when you do that? You lose everything. I mean, this is what, this is the difference between like, I mean, you don't want to maybe go full on Patriots where like you, the way they treat Tom Brady, you think like he was like a third string quarterback that never accomplished anything. But you also can't, you know, have your entire I mean, you've seen it in Sacramento when your entire purpose of the organization is to please the Marcus Cousins. What does that get you when your entire purpose of your organization is to please LeBron James? What does that get you to come to please Russell Westbrook and, and Kevin Durant? It's not a good formula. You know, it's not a good formula. You cannot give one person that much power for a team. You just can't. You know, there, there has to be some sort of there has to be a mutual respect. And he just doesn't respect the organization he doesn't really respect the game and he certainly doesn't respect his teammates so it, it, this I might be the uh, i don't i haven't recalled a european player coming out of um europe with uh <laughs> I, I had to uh with like kind of those issues of entitlement like most 
European players get to the United States and they're like, oh, I'm at the big show. And, you know, there's a they, little bit of humility. They have a chip on their shoulder. <laughs> they do. Because <laughs> they're going to go 110% cause and they're super smart basketball <laughs> players and they can't play defense. Did you know that? <laughs> they cannot play defense whatsoever. <laughs> um, but like he was a 16 was he 16 when he started playing pros maybe even younger and Something he like was that. he was the guy and right. you know and then he goes and he does it at every level and it's like he just has that vibe of i'm just the shit and i'm going to just do it the way i'm going to do it and i don't care and that has um you know, it's kind of it's funny. We were talking about like a psych evaluation a second ago, or I was the. I think like if I if I owned a team, I would be so aggressive in trying to instill the mental health side of the equation with the players somehow. I mean, you can't force anybody to do something, but like, right. what is driving Luca at the level of putting his team at risk? at the level of not showing up in shape. Uh, he's yeah. fine. he's getting his ass kicked on that front because when right. you're not in shape, you get hurt more. Right. You know, when, yeah, when that, that that's the proof is in the pudding every year. And he's, these like nagging soft tissue injuries are like a direct result of not going hard. And then all of a sudden trying to turn it on, you know, it's just, that happens all the time. Um, it, it, I mean, and I don't want to make too much of his public comments, you know, like just like pro beer stuff. Like everybody loves beer. I love beer. I love beer. It's great. Um, but, you know, it's hard to keep the weight off if yeah. if you like beer too much, you know. So yeah. who knows? Is, is it that? Is it food? Is it I just don't want to go run? Um, I mean, he yeah, runs a lot not... in an NBA game. A couple sure. miles. He, but he's got a, you know, that's part of And again, he is young, but he's not that young he's he's a he's an older young guy because of all of his experience in europe i mean he's got to understand by now he's not brandon ingram he he's if he's not if he's not working hard and watching his diet he will blow up i mean that's he's got to know that by now At, at his age the idea that he can look the way he does just tells you right there you know like he this is going to be a battle for him for you know so it's just a matter of like do I care about fighting that fight? The other aspect that's really interesting is he's fashioned his game around being heavier. So like a lot of power moves, you know, bouncing people, getting an edge and then just kind of like, I'm so big, you can't even attempt to do anything about what I'm about to do. But he hasn't drifted into the speed game at all, you know, and that I wonder what that looks like as he gets older. You know, I kind of look at LeBron James and as like a possible archetype for how he might play the game a few years down the road. Um, and then yeah, I mean, some people do just, I mean, it, it's, if you do master the slow, that's fine, but there's a difference between being bigger and being fat. You know, he's got broader shoulders He's always going to be big for a perimeter guy, but like, this is, there's that doesn't mean that you have to be fat. You know, that's just that's that's a completely some guys like you know like a guy like Andre Miller. Well, well, you know? point, but, he was never fast, you know, and he never tried to be fast, but he played for 17 years. You know, like it's it's fine, but he just. And then was it, just, it was it Nate McMillan that benched him during his like 900 game oh, consecutive right. game streak? <laughs> The most emotion you ever saw out of Andre Miller <laughs> in like 17 years. Like, talk about a guy who didn't give you any emotion. <laughs> that dude, he was cussing. But, he was like going crazy. The, the point about uh, uh, Luca is going to make is it's like he doesn't want to do those things to be thin and and to kind of round his game out in other directions because right. it feels like he's like I'm cool with this. And then you know the free throw shooting. <laughs> sort of comes right into play with that it's like right. he's out there probably it, it's it's a we don't know but like what's he working on if it's free throws the percentage goes up you know if it's free throws the the touch on the shot looks better every year he's still shooting the free throws like he's shooting a three-pointer you know kind of yeah. the same speed and same angle and it's like okay so you're just cool with the status quo 
and you're you're not expanding your game you know beyond just like okay hey you know you can run this pick and roll this way you know that the defense is going to be shaded to you you know you can kick to reggie bullock in the corner for three you know it's like the same crap over and over and over again it's terribly boring to watch i i oh, yeah <laughs> i mean it's like oh hey that's spectacular but you know it's like i've seen it five million times and you're not defending on the other side and your team looks the Oof. same every single year then you add kyrie irving and it's it's almost just like a different flavor of ice cream for yeah. the, the the team itself and they can take turns and um they won't be able to defend in key moments. You you gotta wonder about uh, you know, and you think when you watch them play, <laughs> the couple of times I've seen them since the trade, you know, all you're thinking in your head is, boy, they they really could uh, use another defender out there. They re- they really could use like a Dorian Finney-Smith, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then it's like, oh yeah, they shipped them off for a guy that you knew. <laughs> At least that some of us knew it wasn't going to work with. It it's, feels like uh, they're trying to re-sign Kyrie, too. Well, they have no choice. I mean, they gave up two players, a first-rounder, a bunch of second-rounders. I mean, they kind of, they have to try. That I mean, it's such a weird, like... I mean, if, if you, look, you listen to Kyrie Irving speak and all the things that he's about, does Dallas seem like a city that he wants in nine months of the year in? But he doesn't get I to. Mean, he doesn't get to get what he wants because he's he's kind of torched the the NBA. Right, but but still, like if I was Dallas, you know, even Kyrie at his best, and and you you know, like you think all of the when, before you make a trade like that, I think you and you're with the end goal, him re-signing with you. I mean, cross all the boxes off. Or, I mean, like. And we could talk about, you know, okay, he wanted to play with his friend. That didn't work out. He left the championship team that was in the finals every year to go his own way. That didn't work out. So, like, what about Dallas made them think that he would definitely want to be there? That that's what that's what I think when I when I when I judge their front office, like what was your what was your thought process there? Like just the city itself. And the culture of, of Texas, does it seem like it lends itself to all the things that Kyrie's about? So that, that alone, and if you can't cross all those boxes, you can't make that trade. I think you they're hurting in Dallas because of the leadership change. Like, I'm not fully versed on everything that happened with Donnie Nelson. Yeah. And, and the changeover. But, like, you could see a guy like Mark Cuban being like, no, man, I got this. Right. You know, we can pivot out of this and, right. you know, the Jason Kidd move, like, there's just a lot of questionable iffy stuff there. You don't, you don't like Jason Kidd as the coach? I don't, I don't care. Like, honestly, like, I, I, I think Jason Kidd probably isn't a bottom five coach in the NBA. Like, well, that's... That's a pretty I, little bar, but yeah. I, 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 <laughs> but a lot of people do, you know? I, yeah. and, and I'll say early versions of him were terrible. Like, there there was times where he was just with rotations doing stuff that you were just like, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen. You're talking about early versions this year or just or, in general? No, in his career, career. In his career. Like, yeah, the, the idea of, like, never coach. I, I, I The idea of a guy, like, just going from the like court to the to the head seat is a silly, stupid thing. I don't know why anyone does it. I re- I don't. I I think it's shown itself to not work. Like you, you you need to cut your. You need to 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 be an assistant. Yeah, no arguments. You just have to do it. It's not. No arguments here. I you mean, know, it's just. It's just. It's. It's such a bizarre. He was the point guard. He was a coach on the court. No, he wasn't. He was a player. He was a player. <laughs> he, he was a he was an exceptional exceptional player. Was it, it was like the, he, the way he coached was like I, if, as a player he's like I got the juice and I can yell at you and tell you where you need to stand and you know all this stuff and he's like as a coach I'm going to tell somebody that they don't play they play 30 minutes tonight and then they play 10 minutes tomorrow because they sucked last night and that's I'm going to I'm going to show you that that's that's what's going to happen here and that just that stuff just doesn't work. Like you see veteran long-term coaches 
try to do that stuff and and a lot of times that ends up not working for them they 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 read their own press clippings and their players become neurotic they all don't know what a good play is versus a bad play you know the the combinations get too jumbled and that you just see it in in the performance in my opinion like so that's jason kidd in a nutshell i think he's been more stable as, as a coach this year like I, I haven't yeah. really looked at a lot of the stuff that they've done in Dallas and been like, what the hell was that? Yeah, I was listening to they were the topic a couple of weeks ago, and I was listening to a lot. Um, the couple of times I've, I mean, I think he's greatly improved um, as a coach. Uh, I think I think stable. I think that's a good. You know, he he has a better. You know, I, I think part of the problem with coming going from players, you're still thinking like a player. You know, and so I think now he he doesn't live and die with every possession. You know, there's no drastic moves, you know, in, in, in my opinion. Maybe it was when he embraced the long collar polo shirt that uh, became famous on the Internet. <laughs> they became like an old man and he's like, he's chilled <laughs> out now. But I'll say this, that Dallas team is easy to coach in the sense that it's like, what do you run? Oh, yeah, you, you run. Luca left, Luca right. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you run? Kyrie left, Kyrie right. And every, everybody else, you don't shoot. And uh, you stand at the three-point line. You stand at the three-point line. You stand at the three-point line. No confusion now. <laughs> He's like, man, all I got to do is drink. You know, Luca, hey, after the game, where, meet where me at the going? bar. We'll talk about what you didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> Cubans got a we we can we can hop on Cubans jet and hit Vegas and be back by morning. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's why Kyrie. No, that's not Kyrie. Kyrie does not want to do that. <laughs> Kyrie wants to, you know, burn some sage and listen to Enya. That's right. Ooh, Enya. Hey, you know it's a good show when you get a you know it's a good show when you get an Enya yeah. How many Enya references have you guys gotten out of those other shows? I don't think so. All right, don't, hey, let's, let's talk Denver and Philly. Because screw, screw the Dallas Mavericks. They're boring ass basketball. Like literally, there was a box score that they had this year that had like <laughs> no stats in it. I know. Okay, fantasy guy upset. There's no stats, but it was like, man, did anybody touch the ball? Did they? Did, like, <laughs> like seriously, they had four steals and blocks. I think in that game. Like there was like thirteen no rebounds. Sense. I think in that game, eighty-eight uh... to ninety-five or something. <laughs> All right. Um, so I thought this was great because Denver and Philly, I mean, hell, Doc Rivers declared the MVP race over. And I am i swear to you, the trophy was just delivered right to Joel Embiid. <laughs> There's not even a vote. <laughs> As Doc says, you know, and Doc says something is, is a gospel. I think that was a pretty baller move, though. Yeah, I mean, it definitely the narrative is definitely. Switched, but I wonder so. if he pisses the voters off that way. You know, in this day and age of voter, you know, of voting, um, voter, voter pissed the pissed them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw I saw a truck the other day trying to say a certain election was uh, rigged, and, yes. and I felt really bad for the truck because it was old and beat up, <laughs> hadn't really gotten any care, no self care for that truck. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, Denver and Philly, like, I mean, these are obviously the one seed in the West. Has there ever been a um, less exciting one seed? It's, I mean, yeah, exciting. Or not exciting, but like, I mean, like the people around, like in the league, like, is anybody like, yeah, Denver, like. Yeah. They're tough, especially with the, the way they've been playing. Like, I, I think that maybe. So the question uh, was, is, who has a better shot at the finals? Yeah, that's the framing of this question: Denver or Philly, and that starts to bring the competition into the mix. But like, I mean, feel free to just talk about Denver or Philly. Yeah, in a vacuum. I mean, I think the immediate answer for me would be Denver, but I think that Philly's a much better team. I just think the the teams ahead of Philly, Boston and Milwaukee, to me, those are the two best teams in the league. So I think that Philly's chances are, you know much less but, but but then philly has the is is joel Embiid the most unstoppable player in the league 
Is, is that where we're at? I don't know. Well, he wants to be, I think so. I, I don't, because, you know, unlike, you know, I think a big difference between him and Jokic, who I just think is a phenomenal player, is that I think he really lives off of, you know, spacing and, you know, his, you know, help. And he's a great passer and everything. But I think if I had to get, if I had a four-point lead, you know, with three and a half minutes left. Or if I was down four points, who would I just want getting it? And I think it would be Embiid. Because I think that when you're talking about... He doesn't need to guys, involve a second person. Huh? He doesn't need to involve a second person. He doesn't need to involve a second person. I mean, two or three guys hanging on him. I, I, I want, that's the guy I want. You know, that's the guy I, I really, really want. And that's not, I mean, to, to say that you're not as good as Embiid, if you're, that's not a slight on Jokic, in my opinion, anyway. But, um, yeah, Denver, they're just, they're just so lethargic. And they're so weirdly confused in those moments, I feel, sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, they've been running the offense through, <laughs> through um, Jokic for you know, an entire game. And then all of a sudden, you know, Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. decide they're going to go one-on-one for like four possessions. I was just thinking about those dudes. Like, like, (laughs) what are you doing? Gordon's Gordon's improved a lot. um, Oh yeah. But, but there's this thing with Gordon, especially in his early years. I mean, he thought he was an NBA point guard. Then he got empowered (laughs) to be that. Yeah. And then it's really wrecked him. And then he got the reality, you know, check. And and then he lands in Denver, and then you know it's like it, that. That I just want to be a point guard. And it's watching Jokic plays. Ah, I could do all that too. And you know, so he. I'm less worried about him, but like Michael Porter Jr., I'm like that guy does not understand the game <laughs> at all. Either side of the ball. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, and I don't watch a ton of Denver, but I don't know if there's another player who is standing, maybe Harden. He plays a lot harder than Harden, but that's just standing right by a guy that's driving to make a layup and never moves, you know, like, or, or like will move out of the way because he's wondering where his guy is, you know, in the, the, the guy penetrated from the three point line. They're already in the key. And my, Michael Porter is like in help position. And then, like, realizes he has no idea where his guy is, so he leaves the key, and the guy makes a lamp. Like, I feel like I see that play with him every time I watch him. Every time. I don't know what it is with players that don't understand defense. Like, I, I, I know that there's, like, the obvious ones. Like, they didn't get forced to play defense at any point in time in their life, and right. they're like, what is this? Like, right. But, I mean, that's not everybody. Like, it, it's, it's like they don't understand angles. They don't understand. I mean, they just give so much up for free. Right. And then you see like just basic good defense and it stands out like a sore thumb and you're like, wow. (laughs) Then you kind of take a step back and you're like, oh, wait, they just did what they were supposed to do. That was it. That's all they did. And I think part of it too is the way is the, you know, analytics departments and telling everybody how, how, you know, important a three is. And it's like, if that's been beaten into your head and, you know, you see a guy driving in and maybe he's going to, maybe he's going to pull up for a long two or like a, a weird, you know, long distance floater. Maybe it is the smarter play in your mind <laughs> to sprint, to sprint out to your, <laughs> to your man. Um, and, and I can see if you're already a bad defender who doesn't really understand defense, that maybe that will make your defensive IQ go even further down. I will say there is a coaching component to it because like I'm up close here in Sacramento. Mike Brown is just Mr. Defense. Like he's and just watching like individual players improve their instincts and their angles and their second efforts and all of that stuff. And so, you know, what does that say about the coaches that don't do it like that? Um, It's a unique situation. He Brown was empowered. I would think, because I, 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 there's probably more on Sacramento down the road to talk about, but like eventually when you're 16 years without making the playoffs and you're the butt of all jokes and the rumor about you, it's not even a rumor, it's reported, it's obvious, you know, multiple, multiple sources, everybody in the building knows, 
that you were over involved in the team at the ownership level. And so it's like, okay, okay, okay. Mike Brown, you do what you want. You know, um, Monty McNair, you do what you want. And then Monty McNair and Mike Brown, if you want to coach defense, you coach defense. You want to call out your star players, you call out your star players. That's a kind of unique situation there. Um, the, the defensive calculus for the rest of the league is just nowhere near that. Um, and it's funny, the Kings suck at defense, um, statistically and um, in general for various reasons, but they at least have made that improvement. Um, I, I, don't, and I don't feel that Mike Malone has forgot how to coach defense. No, so. no. This is, a, this <laughs> so, is a Michael Porter Jr. is bad despite that. And, and, you, and you look, I mean, and it's not, I mean, you got outside of like, I mean, because look at that starting lineup, you know, you have, you know, Jamal Murray. KCP's good. Jr. Yeah, yeah, KCP's good. Michael Porter Jr. I would say that Jokic has a good enough understanding, but he's just not a very good athlete. He doesn't really, he doesn't really stop people from coming. You know, I don't look at blocks as much as like, the amount of field goals people are taking in the lane, you know, and he doesn't, no one's really intimidated by him. Um, unless he just puts one on you. Uh, <laughs> he's got a little bit of eighties, nineties in him that way. Um, but there's not like a lot of like high end defenders in that rotation besides, you know, KCP. I mean, maybe Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown is fine, but it's hard when you're making up for, other people's you know bad mistakes too um so they're, it's just they're gonna have to run Jokic out 40 minutes a game 43 minutes a game they can't play thomas bryant behind him they can't play deandre yeah. jordan behind yeah. him shout out thomas bryant with the post up of the century <laughs> oh, i'll no. never get over that man never in my life Give will I ever get... <laughs> screw your 20 something odd year record <laughs> The NBA all-time scoring record. Go through me! Like, like I, I forget who was talking about it, but they were, like, talking about the people there. And he was like, I think it was Windhorse, was like, like, the first three rows, there was nobody without an Oscar or a Grammy or, like, that owned, like, you know, was a, the CEO of a major company. Like, the entire world was there for that game and for that moment. But kudos to Thomas Bryant. Had his man sealed. He he, he thought he was getting that rock. It was awesome. Is that against the Thunder? I think it was against the Thunder. Um, the I don't know. I, I want to say the great Dan Bespris somehow had tickets to that and got in and saw it. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. there you go. But he was, not, he was not in the in the very first row of, uh, of the show. Um, Denver, like, okay, so they got, like... I don't know why Phoenix comes to the top of my mind. Like that's a tough, I mean, to add Kevin Durant to that. I have so many doubts about Chris Paul. It's like almost superseding anything I want to say here, but like you go Devin Booker and, and, and Kevin Durant, that's really tough. And you got all the other weapons there. Yeah. They gutted the, the, the heart and soul of the team. My Mikhail Bridges, my Cam Johnson. Um, that's a tough. I mean, those guys play. You throw Aiton out there. If you can get those Aiton, Durant, and um, Booker for you know forty minutes a game, that's just tough, man. I, I'd have a hard time advancing Denver against them. You think that's the end of the road for Denver? Um, you know, a lot of teams where. Like, if it wasn't Kevin Durant and his plug-and-play kind of offense, and if it wasn't, like, for all of what I just said about Chris Paul, I think Chris Paul at this stage of his career is so tired of losing that he's not going to do Chris Paul stuff, which is sort of over-dominate the um, tempo of the game without taking advantage of all the things that would be available to him, um, mm -hmm. which was weird last year. because And I, and I really think they'll do a 30-for-30. 30 30. They won't. But, um, you know, like, somebody could just look at what happened in that locker room last year they went from playing some like Chris Paul, even like some amazing basketball to just the biggest steamy poo that you've ever seen ever. Like, I don't even know how you collapse like that. Um, so I would like to know why um, at the end of the day. Uh, but, 
Well, it won't be it won't be that hard if you look look listen to all the guys that talk trash that are like like to me I don't, I don't, it's a, it's an old thing but the whole uh you know Mario Chalmers talking about no one fearing LeBron is like like bro like you need to be naming all of your children LeBron like <laughs> who, who, who the hell is Mario Chalmers you know like like what, that kind of stuff is so it's so like unnecessary you talk about the the low end role player that's gonna like tell us what happened. Yeah, and so like if he, if if Mario Chalmers is doing that to LeBron, you know there's people that can't wait to do it to Chris Paul. So that that twenty for, that thirty for thirty is be... that thirty for thirty would be like ten for ten or something. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know that's but, that's definitely that's you, definitely gonna happen. You, you know, know they'll just, have a hard time finding people to talk trash about I, Chris. Paul. I, I, I bet, <laughs> and I don't. I bet they like. I mean, I had a guy tweeting at me because he was mad that I said that like LeBron doesn't play the matchups. I mean, he got guarded by J.J. Barea in, in that series. And I'm bringing this up just, I guess, to point I, out, I mean, like, weird crap happens with high-end players. Like, how, how are you going to get covered by J.J. Barea? I mean... You're LeBron James. There was a, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like he covered him for 40 minutes. I mean, like, No, but he got covered. What, he, was he, it 20 minutes a game? Like, Thirty? No, 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 no. Ten? No, they were in a zone. It wasn't. No, or maybe ten. But it was. I mean, there was a lot of zone. those were Look, ten minutes that shouldn't have happened. I mean, I'm not, well, I mean that that's. I mean, us looking at it from an. I mean, yes, yes. But people have bad series. I mean, it's not. That's not the first time that a great player has had a bad series. You know, despite what, despite what, uh, you know. Uh, the Jordan documentary said that Jordan, Michael Jordan had bad series too. <laughs> you know, so like once in a while, a great player will have a bad series. I'm not, you know, hey, you he's on his way like out. That. That's uh, huh? his being on his way out as as owner. Michael Jordan caught my eye. Thank God. I mean, so if you're a, if you're a Hornets fan, I mean, <laughs> you got to be happy if you're a Hornets fan. Just kind of curious, crisis. what's up with that? You know, it's just interesting fodder. Um, but the back to Phoenix, like they're, they're okay. So like they had this collapse, and I kind of thought Jay Crowder was at the center of it. Like, I mean, they're all saying the right things about being friends and all this stuff, but like during the games, he was making terrible plays, and they were looking at him like they wanted to kill him, his teammates, and. Yeah. We won't ever know. The only point of this even in general is like, can they come up and make Denver's life hell to the extent that like Boston and Milwaukee known quantities, which by the way, uh, Chris Middleton played eight minutes last night Mm. before getting pulled. And I understand they're just a week away from the playoffs. So no chances taken, but that knee has been very problematic all year. I don't sure. know what to even think of that team because on one hand, it does feel like Brooke Lopez has played so well that they might just be very danger- dangerous anyway. You know, obviously better with Chris Middleton, but um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I- that man, Boston. Terribly, terribly difficult to advance past, but like Phoenix, is that the same level of difficulty? Uh, you know, I don't think so. I, I just <sighs> the West is so funny because you have such like weird. You know, you have a team in Denver that's not you know the top of the place, top three: Denver, Memphis, Sac. Three teams that have never done anything, right? So now you have like Phoenix that has you know these two nuclear bombs. And then, you know, the Wiley veteran, you have the defending champs, the Warriors, but, you know, they're playing such historically bad defense. It's hard to like, I like to go with history a lot. You know, if I've never seen something, I've never seen a team get slapped together this late in the season. And, and what, you know, like they've only played six games together. I just the, the, the key possessions where you just need to know what everyone's doing. I don't know how Phoenix is going to get past those. I don't know who's going to who's going to bring that you know adversity for them, but I just can't imagine that when you have days to prepare for a team, 
and they are going to stop the thing that you want to do, teams got to know where they're going. And I just can't imagine that Phoenix is going to know that. You know, but then at the same time, the Warriors, I've never seen a team ever play this such poor quality of defense and turn the ball over like it's their job the way the Warriors do. I'm just wondering, like, who's going to who's going to like if there was ever a team that could just be slapped together, this is the team because. Well, this is the year. All the other teams in the West have such significant flaws you know it's not that i think phoenix is great it's just that like you know here's some interesting stuff the bottom of the west for looking like trash you know like say five weeks ago prior to the trade deadline i mean the clippers are gonna just kind of suck i think um yeah you know like they're they're kind of out um, even though they beat the the Lakers last beat the night, the doors off the Lakers. Man, that was. I mean, it's, it, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't downgrade them that much because I've always thought the construction of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard was just too duplicative. You know, you got two players that are just taking turns, and yeah, it's cool on the defensive end. And although Paul George has been strangely slow this season, and I don't know, you know, where that's going to go. Yeah. But, um, you know, you remove one and it's like, OK, it's, they're, they're not as good, but it's not changing the entire dynamic of the team. So they're just a little bit worse. You know, you're not, yeah. you're not losing the entire value of Paul George. You're losing like half the value of Paul George. Right. Um, so they're still good. But, um, you know, eh, I don't know if I'm, I'm backing them. Warriors no, just I... won a championship um, and, and, and probably interesting if they get Sacramento. Um you know, we can not dive into that, but they have a pretty good chance of advancing in that matchup. Yeah, and they will have Wiggins back, so that's a. Um, he's one of those. He's he's got one of those bodies that he could come out of a coma and he'll still be in shape. You know. I mean, the one he, thing that he, Dallas did last night that was you know why the Kings struggled was they just went at Demontis Sabonis, and I'm, so I was trying to tell the Kings fans like, you want a team that doesn't care about matchups. Like the team that's like, Oh, we just do our thing and we don't care. And you know, we're not going to just like run directly at that guy all game long because that's not us, you know? Right. And that's kind of the Clippers in a little bit. Um, LeBron and the Lakers, um, you know, the Pelicans, I just watched the Pelicans play the Kings and they ran Brandon Ingram against a heck of a defender in Kessler Edwards. Um, who they picked up for nothing off the scrap heap. I mean, he moves his feet. He's strong. He's bouncy. can shoot a little bit. Um, not dead on arrival on offense. It's like they just picked him up for nothing. Um, but if we talk about a player that's like the perfect defender for Brandon Ingram, he can beat Brandon Ingram to certain spots. He's stronger than Brandon, Brandon Ingram, and he can even get up and elevate to, to bother the mid-range game. And New Orleans just ran everything through Brandon Ingram no no other options and watched brick after brick after brick and failure after failure after failure and i was like man your season's on the line and that's what you guys are doing okay uh but but, but below that minnesota with mike conley not no longer dead on arrival right um so you got some interesting teams at the bottom of the west um yeah i, I just think that they also those teams have like the same like these this is a just all these teams have such crazy flaws like watching okc i like the way they move around they play hard but like man if when shay gildress alexander is on the bench oh oh my god they look like they look like a bad jv team sometimes josh giddy looks unplayable for, dude, despite I all mean, the stats, like, yeah, I'm like, man, can you defend anything? Dude, like, they, I mean, they, they just look terrible. You know, I, I, I don't like to put I like Mike Conley being there and I like um, Edwards. But, you know, cat cat looks terrible. You know, it's just cat, you know, another guy that given the key to the, the car and, you know, and then, the you know, the Pelicans without Zion are just just a they're just a, a, they're a mess team, right now you know so i just i do i really have a tough time not seeing either phoenix or golden state moving on you know i just think 
Grizzlies have, you know, I would say the Grizzlies, but they're big, you know, they they are in love with their biggest problem, which is Dylan Brooks. So, <laughs> the, the leadership of Dylan Brooks, if you I, could ever I get... feel like, is the number one thing that they're hanging their hat on. And it's like, well, that's not good. <laughs> if, uh, if you can get to the Sports Ethos Fantasy Basketball feed on Twitter, where there's uh, like the pictures of the players come up with the tweets about the games. Dylan Brooks in this picture, I swear you would think he's like a, a member of Corn, the band, because <laughs> he's got he's just like looking into the camera, like yeah, man. We've got an Enya and a Corn reference yeah. today, guys. Yeah, let's do this, man. Uh yeah, it's <laughs> Memphis, the ultimate wild card. Um, I mean, so much talent and like. Yeah, you could just see them making a big, deep run, and nobody would be surprised at all. But, um, you know, Denver, I guess the easy answer is Philly's going to advance, or pardon me, um, Denver can advance easier than Philly because Philly has to go up against Al Horford in, in Boston. That's just not great. Al Horford's the kind of defender that can stay down on pump fakes. Yeah. I th- and I, I think that that's one where that's where I think the, the with Robert Williams behind him a little bit. Yeah, I mean it, it's they have they are equipped, and I just think they're just so tight tough. as far as they're tough, and they are on a string on defense. They make second efforts. First year coach though. Yeah, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. You know, we'll see what he Milwaukee what he does. with a, a hobbled Chris Middleton. Are we starting to find the the way that Philly wiggles through this thing? Um, First year coach, a little banged up in Boston. You know, as as usual. Like, let's say right. Rob Williams' knee explodes. Right. I mean, Chris Middleton can't stay on the floor. I, I think that. I mean, they're they're you know they just blew the doors off the Bucks. You know, a couple of days ago, and I think that they feel confident about uh, going on the road. But my issue is, I, regardless, it's going to be a tough series. And I think that the value of that number one seed is not having to play one of those guys until the finals. Like Philly and Boston are going to beat the crap out of each other. Mm. You know, they're going to beat the crap out of each other. So that was they're trying to they're trying to make it like it's not a big deal. Boston that they didn't get number one and ah see we could we could beat these guys whatever but there's a big difference between playing either Cleveland or, or, or I'm having the such Knicks. a hard time advancing Philly because of da- James freaking Harden I that's I, the only reason I that's can't that's I the can't, only reason like <laughs> not to <laughs> for somebody who sees so much of the game the parts that he doesn't see he's completely <laughs> blind yeah just there's no no help in that guy. Um, there, was, there, there was a I was watching a game. I think it was who were they playing? But you know there was just a, and I don't know. You know you, who knows? I don't hear the calls. I don't know what Doc Rivers called. But you know you have you know there Joel Embiid is just standing on the wing, and James Harden's isolating. And this was a important possession. You know minute thirty left. They're up two, and the defender just. Makes a terrible foul on Harden, even kind of like as soon as he started his his um, move, and it was just like they really got bailed out. And the idea, I mean, Doc must have been comfortable with it. He either called it or was comfortable with it. But the idea that you have just like Joel Embiid just standing on the wing, <laughs> and he had like thirty. It wasn't like he had been, it wasn't like he had a bad, wasn't scoring or anything. Like to, to that be the the what you're gonna go with in an important at least time at least court? Harden's trying to play confidently. That's a plus. Yeah, dude. When is I not? Mean, not not talking about that that play, but I'm like just in general, like, well, no, because like he became I only pass guy because well, like when yeah, he got overweight, that, he couldn't shoot. Yeah, that was that was a great chapter of his career. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's the guy, though. He's the guy. I mean, who who do you think? I mean, I'm great. I mean, Maxi Harris is going to Harris. PJ Tucker is going to PJ Tucker. Melton, if Milton, you told me Melton plays thirty plus minutes a game, I'm I'm now listening to you on the Philly stuff because like, it, it's not because he's so great. It's because 
they need something to shake up the defense. Like you can't have fuck James Harden out there and compete on that end. <laughs> but and that's the thing. Does Doc Rivers can he make because because you still need James Harden. That's where they're stuck. They're they still, they've got to play some like weird lineups where right, they still need James Harden. But if you're gonna yank a ton of minutes from James Harden, you're you do you think that he has the character to not pout? No, that, that's that's the issue, no. right? No. So even like say, because you still you still need James Harden, you still need him to play and play very well. But like, if you're gonna knock him down from, you know, his he's expecting to go 38. 35, 38 minutes. Yeah, he needs to be thirty one. I, I don't think you could go thirty. I don't think you could go thirty because the zero there would really piss him off. It was thirty-one. It's like, uh, oh yeah, we just, uh, you know, they didn't blow the whistle, and you know, that's you just didn't get in the game. That, that's right, what happened, you know. But so that's the thing. Like, do you if you are want, if you're going to make those calls, are you going to lose? Because it's not like because if it was like, you know, he was going to if you if you knew that James Harden had the character to take it. You make the call, and if he bitches and moans and wants out of there in the off season, then you're fine with it. The problem is, <laughs> you're you know as long as you win the series. The problem is like, Jim, you need him to win that series, and if you're Doc Rivers, <laughs> you're the one that's probably going to be out, not James Harden. <laughs> if if it's up to our friend over there, <laughs> we know who, who he loves the most. So. It's a weird, it's a catch 22. And so you have to, that another, just another pendulum swinging in. A lot uh, of rumors of Harden back to Houston, which is just kind of fodder for another day. Um, the, I, I tell you, man, I, I feel like we've said this the last like two or three years. Um, the East is not, the East is freaking like exactly what people thought it would be. Minus like a team or two. Like, I mean, even the ordering of them, Milwaukee at the top, Boston, Philly, Cleveland at four, New York, maybe a little bit of a surprise, but kind of not really Brooklyn. I mean, hell with or without the old Brooklyn Nets, it was like, yeah, they're going to be kind of, I think I had them low and you had them a little higher or maybe that was even vice versa. I can't remember Miami. I think I I had them in the, like, I think I had them in that four slot, you know, I mean, there's like no surprises over there. Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta has been a game within 500 like all season. Yeah, and no surprises there. So you got no surprises in the East. In the West, you got this crazy, you know, just the the, the name power at the bottom, the surprise teams at the top, or, or the new team in the Sacramento Kings and the Grizzlies with all their drama. You couldn't have really scope this out. And uh, it's just going to be a fascinating playoffs. And I, I really like the East as well. I like the idea that Miami's going to push somebody. Brooklyn, oh I think Brooklyn's dead on arrival. They're playing stupid basketball. Like, like Spencer Dinwiddie dri- dribbles for like 16 seconds and then like beats a guy because he can, but then doesn't really get anywhere with it. And then they kind of take turns with Mikhail and it's not well, that great. We, we've said, we've said on a previous show that this Brooklyn Nets is, const- is a perfect team to add a superstar to, mm. Like they have championship level role players in my opinion, but the playoffs is where you need a superstar <laughs> and they're just, they're just going to run. I mean, like Philly is just gonna, uh, there's going to be two of the four wins that Philly does on them. I think it's going to be like Brooklyn's going to, be in position with like six minutes left and they're just not going to have a way to get a bucket. Well, they don't have anybody to cover Joel Embiid, so. Yeah, but he'll take enough threes to keep you in it. And I I mean, he's. That's, that's an interesting comment because that begs the question of the MVP talk, but let's obviously we're not doing that at this time. Um, but it's, it's, it's going to be good playoffs. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah, for the play-ins. Um, you know, always love one and done stuff. Uh, I'm excited to see who drafts the guy that shot a three pointer and dunked his own miss. I don't know if you caught oh, that one. Cause yes. no, catch... I'm not, I, I'm going to do my Wembyana deep dive later. before you get all hot and yeah, bothered. I, Here's I, what I, he did I, for, for those of you who don't know, he did a step back three after a couple crossover dribbles. 
which is cool enough. And then, so he shoots the thing, and the camera travels with the ball, so you don't get to see how he did this, but he, like, must have knew he was short on the shot or something, or he was going to miss it, so he sprints in and dunked right. the, dunk the damn thing. Right. I've That's never seen great. it. Never seen it, but, you know, you can't make a living off that. Hey, hey, how about that for the dunk I mean? contest right there? I'm going to brick my right. own three, and then I'm going to dunk yeah. it. Yeah, no, we'll say, I, yeah, I want to, before I anoint him, I'm, I need to get, because I don't even, really, I mean, I don't even know anything about this league. I mean, like, one of the guys, I saw, I saw one poor guy on him, you know, uh, he got switched off, and he just kind of looked like one of the guys that, you know, when I was still playing pickup basketball that you'd see at the gym, you know, he was a little bit tubby, um, <laughs> he, he was a little short, and it was like, he still might be a great player, but him. Don't you besmirch the European hoops? No, I mean, well, he, it doesn't. It was. It's. It was, it was he wasn't the, the European. It was, it was he wasn't in the he was Bosnian a, beer league. No, but it wasn't. It certainly was an American that was covering him. I mean, it was a guy that didn't make the NBA and was has made a nice career for himself over there. And, it, you know, it's just not, a, that is not enough for me to, you know, crown hey, him. Hey, or, hey, yeah, hey. I'll, 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 I'll see Scoot I'll Henderson play, and I, I every time I watch Scoot play, I go, you know, Cause had this thing where he said that John Morant would be better than Zion Williamson. And uh, I just need to keep an open mind. Keep an open mind. I, I, I want. I mean, I, I, I want one of these alien. I have a. I like skinny guys. I, I, I have a, a kindred spirit to abnormally skinny people. So, so you're a big Thunder soul, fan. If my, yeah, in my soul of soul, I want him to be a to be a good. I, I, player. I would love the Thunder to somehow get him, and then like you've got him and uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, yeah, yeah, him and yeah. Chet and Poku. <laughs> Just make a whole sticks team, you know, maybe, it's like, maybe trade for trade for Mo Bamba or something. <laughs> it's like what if those trees from Lord of the Rings were playing so basketball? Like, actually, Mo Bamba, like in, on that team, Mo Bamba would be called Fatty. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know look at this guy. What's worse, he been eating that. Hey, no fat shaming on this show, cause <laughs> if you if you can't see if you can't see the ribs, then you don't belong on this Thunder team. <laughs> And with that, I think we're done here. Um, Cause this has been great. We're gonna try to do another show before the playoffs, so we can talk some matchup stuff. And you yes. know what? If if, if there if somehow we can do like two shows, I would be thrilled because I, I just love talking matchups. I love when I know the two teams and I can just dive in and you know talk matchups. So we'll see. I don't, the schedules suck, and we are doing our best to get this show out. Um, and who knows? Maybe we'll just flake the next one. That's the beauty of the Cos and Brew show. You never know when we're you're like, gonna get us. We're like a pop up restaurant, you know. You just you just got to be ready. You just got to be ready to, to, to for us to just pop up and, and, and wow you. Yeah, it's the part of the business plan. It's uh, you know, it's actually what every car company is doing right now. They won't actually sell you the damn car. You got to wait, and then you got to <laughs> bid against other people because of a chip shortage. In the supply chain. I blame Disgusting. Elon Musk for everything. Don't mind. No, that's, that's a good policy for him. <laughs> yeah, he put that stupid dog on the damn Twitter app. It's like, just, <laughs> God damn it. It's a place that we all work. It's like, what if the worst person in the world took ownership of the building you worked in and played like, I don't know, Smash Mouth 24-7? All right. <laughs> Follow us where we don't do anything at all. Facebook.com slash KOZANDBRU show. Hey, take it over like squatters, you know, like turn it into a, a heroin den for all we care. Uh, Twitter.com slash KOZANDBRU show. Another one's in the books. Peace. Uh, it's a good thing we got up the air. You were getting in the mood there, bro. You